it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stand in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh. And grab Rucker for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. Yes. This is the Buckeye Show. Yes, it is. Happy Football Friday. And guess what? You are in the in crowd right now. We're not even on the radio. This is pure anarchy. It is 5.06 p.m. on Friday, November 12th. It is Purdue week, and we don't have a show tonight. Why? Because Buckeye men's basketball. They're going to take on, oh, the fighting Purple Eagles of Niagara. Hey, you know what? Based on the Akron game, it could be a difficult task. Greg Paulus, the former Thad assistant and Better known as a hateable Duke point guard. Everybody loved to hate him. He's the coach of Niagara, so Chris Holtman and the Buckeyes will try to take those guys down, get some more out of their backcourt. But we have things to do because we like to talk Buckeyes, brews with our bearded friend Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts and 24-7 Sports. He's going down to catch some soccer tonight, and he said he'd be cool jumping on here. And he's even in a car with two other dudes, but that's fine. Hold up. Damn it. I'm like, my head is being yanked by my headphone cord while I'm trying to get the interview started. Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts is with us now as my, my headphones almost get ripped completely off my head. You'd be surprised how often that happens, man, when you're in a studio and they get stuck on like the arm of your chair and you're trying to like get comfortable and get positioned and then it starts yanking at you. But how you doing, man? We got a big one tomorrow. First of all, good uh, good for you going to this World Cup qualifier tonight. This is going to be good stuff down at the Tickle. Yeah, first of all, uh, I think that's a very specific problem that only happens to people in your industry or you know maybe a couple other industries having your headphones caught like that. Uh, but things are good, yeah. We're on our way down to Cincinnati to, uh, to cover this U.S.-Mexico game. It could be the last U.S.-Mexico game in Ohio for a while, so I felt like I shouldn't miss it. Uh, Bucknuts will still have coverage of uh, of the game. Steve Hellwagon will be there, so uh, oh, yeah. he, he let me off the hook tonight. What is what is the situation? I was just talking to T Bone in the hallway, but clarify for the listening audience what the uh, United States has ahead of them. Is it looking good? Because that was an embarrassment, not even being in the World Cup. They're second in the group right now, right? We're sitting pretty. Yeah, they're in a good spot right now. Good. Um, sitting behind Mexico, they are three points back. So a win tonight would put them tied on points. And then, uh, obviously, the U.S. would have a win over Mexico. Um, U.S. is 3-2-1, three, three, three wins, two draws, and a loss. So, in a good spot. Um, you know, there was some, some panic when they drew two games and, and lost one. But you know, they've been able to, to, to bounce back from that. They obviously won in Columbus about a month ago against Costa Rica, which was a good win. And, uh, yeah, tonight, tonight will be telling, certainly. But they're in a good spot. Still... Uh, Still a point ahead of Canada, who's probably the next best team in the group. Well, you got a busy 24 hours, man. You get to catch this game yeah. tonight. That's going to be a heck of an environment. And 3.30 kickoff at the shoe tomorrow afternoon. That's going to be a heck of an environment as well. Top 20 teams here on in. It's just like the slow walk-up. You I mean, we could, we could even argue that and debate that level of importance, quality of the opponents. Surely, Purdue, you still got to keep third in the chain there, and then we can argue about Michigan State, Michigan, who we think is the tougher opponent, more important opponent based on where they are. That team up north, I think that one's setting up. That's the road game. That's at the very end. And if you're un, if you still haven't lost either of these two, you go into that game. That that to me takes the taco. But 
Patrick, what are we looking at here with these boilers? How nervous are you for this contest? I think I, I wouldn't say nervous. I mean, I certainly understand why people would be. I wrote this week looking back at some of the recent either close games that Ohio State and Purdue have had or games where Purdue upset Ohio State. And Purdue's had Ohio State's number since, you know, going back to the turn of the century in 2000. Um, there, there's, there's been, obviously, people remember the 2018 game. Uh, there's been a few other upsets. And then, obviously, Holy Buckeye in, what was it, 2003? Uh, or 2002, sorry. And then another yeah, close we just had the anniversary for it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, there's Purdue, of, of all the teams, you know, probably the longest, has had some really interesting games against Ohio State. Now, obviously, a lot of those Purdue teams were – unranked Purdue teams. There were some where they where both teams were ranked in the game. Actually, there was at least one where one, both teams weren't ranked. I think that was 2011 when, when Purdue beat Ohio State in West Lafayette. But, um, yeah, some fun games between these two teams. So that combined with the fact that, as most people know, Purdue has upset two top five teams already, Iowa in Iowa City and Michigan State a week ago. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly think this game is going to be close. I was surprised to see the spread was up to 21 points especially given what Ohio State's done the last two weeks and the inability to score in the red zone, I, I would certainly, you know, not, not take that, um, you know, if, if I were a betting man. But so I think, I think there's reasons to be nervous. I think Ohio State will, in the end, handle their business. But I think it's going to be closer than, than the odds makers are, uh, are putting out there. Yeah, and, you know, you look at them and they're very Jekyll and Hyde, you know. And yeah. they, they seem to be a program, too, that falls victim of – the laps after a big win almost every time they yeah. do it. Right. And you, and of course they had the home game against Wisconsin and the Badgers. They certainly do feel like they're completely circling the wagons being a three loss team. They had their three losses like right off the bat and they're on a big win streak right now. They just hammered the boilers, but Purdue was at home in that game. You can understand sort of both sides of it, but you pick up the win on the road at Iowa. You think you're going to bring everything you got to back that up with a win against Wisconsin. They fell flat on their face. And of course this will not be easy for them because you're going on the road to Ohio. So you don't have them coming to your place. You don't have any really extra added emotion or intensity or passion with your home crowd building it up. There's no game day coming to you in your city. This will be a very difficult task. But the thing of it is, Jeff Brom, to me, Pat, I don't know if you listen to his press conferences the last couple weeks or this week, he seems to be more confident now than he's ever been since he's been the head coach. He really thinks he has not just an offense, but he's got a little bit of a defense and he's got some special teams and a fully functional football team at his disposal now. I agree with you. I think he, he definitely does. Um, I do think that the difference between, uh, you know, a Purdue and it's even a team like Cincinnati, obviously playing different levels, but definitely in Ohio State, uh, some of the, the higher echelon teams in the Big Ten is, you know, the consistency factor comes when you have better players who are more prepared to do this week in and week out. Ryan Day talked about that a lot this week, is that that's how, you know, it was in the trailer that they put out the other night. That's how you're great is by bringing it every week. And I think at a team like Purdue – you know, you're, you're recruiting at a certain level, and so you, you kind of get that. So to be 6-3 and three and have two top 10 upsets, two top 5 upsets, I think is pretty good. And, and you mentioned that Wisconsin game. It ended 30-13, to 13, but it was 20-13 to 13 heading into the fourth quarter. So, you know, the, the fourth quarter did not go well for Purdue, but they were in that game for a little while there. Um, you know, so I think this is a talented Purdue team. Obviously, the talent gap between them and the Buckeyes is, is a different thing. But I agree with Jeff Brom that, this is, a, this is a real team. I mean, you look at the stats offensively, defensively, they rank pretty high in, in a lot of the major statistics, a lot of the metrics. So, you know, Ohio State has a lot on their hands here. I think they'll be tested. 
on the outside defensively with, with David Bell in that passing game. Yeah. Um, you know, these, these cornerbacks have played well, I think. It, it hasn't been their fault when Ohio State's given up big plays for the most part. But this will be as big of a test as Ohio State's team. Maybe Jahan Dotson of Penn State going up against David Bell. And then, you know, d- when Ohio State's on offense, they've just got to get things figured out. It's, it's just been uh, kind of stuck in the mud the last couple of weeks. The run game needs to get going. I mean, you're going to need that here. You mentioned what's coming up down the, pot, the pipe here. Especially if the weather starts to turn, you know I don't want to see C.J. Stroud having to throw a bunch in the snow or the cold. Travion Henderson, this offensive line, have to figure things out and, and really get that off or getting get that run game going. It's podcast only here, and it's the it's the beers and Buckeyes with our bearded friend segment, Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts and Twenty Four Seven Sports. And yeah, uh, shockingly, Purdue's total defense is ranked twenty sixth, and their total offense is outside the top 50. They're pretty one-dimensional. When you look at just their passing offense, it's pretty typical for Purdue team. They're number eight in the country. So it's like you mentioned, the the outside defenders for Ohio State, the secondary, they are going to be tested. You mentioned David Bell. Milton Wright might be a player to watch on the outside for Purdue. They're, they're bigger receiver. And really, when you mention Ohio State on offense, I think that's the area Buckeye fans really want to watch them get back to the basics. How do they do this? I mean, you heard Ryan Day talking about this this week. You heard Kevin Wilson up there at the podium, too. You just snap your fingers, and all of a sudden, this big offensive line of yours, they are getting back into run block mode just like that because we haven't seen it for two weeks. I'm beginning to wonder, and I know they ran the ball well, and, and they have run the ball well at times, but when you have four guys who are naturally tackles and have played tackle yeah. playing yeah. on the offensive line, two of them now at guard, I think that makes run blocking a little bit more difficult. Now, I'm not an offensive lineman. I've never played the position. But uh, I, it, in my mind, those guys are, are more pass blockers. They're out on the edge. You know, you hear about protecting the quarterback's blind side and, and all that. So I think it's just, uh, you know, when you play better teams, which Ohio State certainly has done the last two weeks, say what you will about Nebraska's record, but it's a, a better team than Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. I think it just makes things more difficult. I also think that Ohio State – has been figured out a little bit. I think teams realize that if they can make C.J. Stroud against a decent pass defense, uh, you know, throw the ball a bunch of times, he is liable to make a mistake or two. Um, he also is, you know, able to make some big throws and, and whatnot, and you're, that's just what you get with the redshirt freshman. But, uh, yeah, I think this is up to the Ohio State coaches. It really is to, to get this offensive line, the run game sorted out. You know, you're dealing with a young running back, too, who maybe doesn't see every little crease in the line. So it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things. I wouldn't be surprised if they mix it up a little bit more, maybe get Master Teague in there, Ryan Williams in there more. Ryan Day talked this week about needing depth at that position. And, you know, it's been the Travion Henderson show, which I think most people liked, but when he's not as productive, still, still you know, I mean, 92 yards last week was still pretty good, uh, just not the level we've yeah, seen from that's him. A I good, think that's a good worst. Yeah, that's a good worst game, isn't it, Pat? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah and no touchdowns, still get 92 yards. I, I'm wondering, do they need to get Matt Jones in at guard a little bit more? Sure. Right? I mean, maybe I, I don't want to announce to them that you're getting into run block mode, but you mentioned like a pure natural guard. He spent that time behind Jonah Jackson and learned from a guy who was really, really good here in his one year, transferring over from Rutgers, and now look what he's doing in the NFL. I wonder yeah. if that's something that you need to see a little bit more of because they kind of act like he's their sixth starter on that offensive line. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing, too, is, is they've rotated, and some of that's been necessary due to injuries or uh, 
stomach bugs, uh, so to speak, last <laughs> week and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but they've also done it when they haven't needed to. And, you know, the offensive linemen and, and everyone we've talked to has always said that, you know, yes, chemistry is a big thing with the offensive line, but they think it's fine to rotate. I think maybe in some of these bigger games, you're going to have to pick your five and stick with them. And if you look at the pro football focus rankings of, of offensive linemen, Matt Jones has rated out the best, um, at least the last time I checked, of the off- offensive linemen for Ohio State. So, you know, I, don't, I, I know it's hard to take one of those guys out. You know, Thayer Munford, Harris Johnson have both played well at these guard positions. But if, if Matt Jones gives you the best chance to win, you know, I think that might, that might be something you consider. What is it with Purdue and finding these unbelievable wide receivers? I guess it's the type of offense. It's the type of school that's attractive to some, uh, to good wide receivers out there. But Rondale Moore though, he's five, seven David Bell. He's just as fast and jukey, but he's six two, 205 pounds. I'm almost more impressed with David Bell, how he does it with all that size on him, you know, because usually these taller, longer guys, they don't really, they don't look that special <laughs> out there in terms of right. what we remember Rondale Moore looking like and just how you just, you could not get a handle on him. But David Bell with his second thousand yard season now, he's over 200 yards twice in the last five games or something. He's just insane. You just got to wonder, is Purdue going to have enough firepower because Denzel Burke has been unstoppable? It's going to be exciting to watch, though, right, with the numbers we're seeing from Denzel Burke. Can you do it now against this David Bell dude? Definitely, and and I'll be interested to see. Purdue does a good job of moving David Bell around to get matchups that they want. And traditionally in college and specifically Ohio State, you don't see like in the NFL cornerbacks shadowing a guy True. like you do for some teams. So you stay in I'll your scheme. See, yeah. Right. So I'll be, I'll be interested to see where David Bell lines up a lot. Who's covering him on, on each play. Uh, like you said, Denzel Burke's been so good this year that he would be the guy that I think Purdue would want to avoid. Seven banks has come on uh, the last couple of weeks. Cameron Brown when healthy, I still think is very talented. He just keeps getting dinged up. Um, so, you know, I it certainly has the corners to deal with a receiver like this, but David Bell's found a way to uh, to get going regardless of who's on him, it seems, this year. And he's certainly a challenge. Like I said earlier, Jahan Dotson may be 1A, 1B between the two of them in terms of top receivers Ohio State's face this year. And, and they did a decent job with Dotson. But, uh, you know, David Bell is, is, is just, you know, he's a, he's a different receiver, um, but he's, he's certainly as big of a challenge. All right. So, like we said, there's no rules here. I appreciate the extended chat here while you're in the car heading down for a big soccer match. We got to get this out of the way, though. So as we get to the bruise portion of this, by the way, I I don't think I I caught it from you. You told me, but I I forget. Are you going as media or are you scarfed up? Are you wearing the stars and stripes? How are you taking in this game tonight? No, I'm going as media. I was Ah. actually surprised we we got credentials. We weren't sure we were going to. Um, And thankfully we did. Well, Thankfully, I guess tomorrow's game is uh, 3.30 Buckeye kick because I didn't realize at the time this game doesn't kick off till 9, so it's going to be a late night um, coming back from Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, media tonight, I don't know, like I said earlier, I don't know when the next U.S.-Mexico game in uh, Ohio is going to be, so I wanted to make sure I got to cover one more and, and maybe travel for the next one as a fan. Well, I guess we could pretend for sake that you're not going to go in a working capacity and you're going to be a soccer hooligan Rhinegeist Brewery, of course, is a big Cincy made. Yeah. They're very proud about their beer down there. 
what what would it have been for you? What would you have been looking for? I would assume Rheingeist has got a deal at the tickle to serve. I would assume that they're yeah. readily available in there. Yeah, well, at a sporting event, as a fan, uh, you know, I'll take whatever's uh, whatever's available there. Um, usually, I try not to spend an arm and a leg either. So, but there's really uh, no difference, would, right? Probably... Like that's the other thing at, at arenas or venues now. Whether like, do you still go for the domestic because you save a dollar or two? It's like twelve bucks for the Bud Light or the Coors Light and fourteen for the the craft beer, right? That's a good point. You're already yeah, going way point. up there into ridiculous money, anyhow. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess I just don't attend that many games as a fan. So it's uh, it's been a while. But Isn't it sad? Uh, yeah, no, I. Yeah, it is. It is. I did get to go to a Browns game earlier this year. That was fun. So I spent a bunch of money on being there. But uh, so what'd you have yeah, up there? Will, uh, you had domestic, didn't you? What, yeah, we were we were drinking Tall Boys of I don't whatever whatever uh, yeah domestic beers they had ice that's the what it was stand. ice <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah we'll we'll see too uh, we may depending on how late we get out of there we may make a stop um, before we head back on the road have you know safely have a beer uh, before we head back we'll see what time it is but there's a few places that have popped up around the stadium down there that uh, I. I Went into one before the FC Cincinnati crew game earlier this year, and you know it was a cool little atmosphere. I'd like to take it in um, sometime without without uh, having to work afterwards. But we'll see what uh, what time we get out of there. But there could definitely be a beer in my future before the yeah. night's over. Yeah, well, well, I was mentioning Ryan Geist one more time. I don't mean for this to sound like an ad yeah. for them. It's it's not meant to be. It's just because you're going to Cincinnati. It was on the top of my mind. And you know how I love the seasonals, and especially Oktoberfests and uh, I think I mentioned on one of these shows recently that I've I've got to get to Schmitz sometime soon. And oh, yeah. I forget. I, I don't know if it's which they Columbus Schmitz stand at the basketball games. I noticed the other night they did. At, at, yeah. If you at go, the Buckeye Hoops games. Of, yeah. Just go right out of the little uh, walkway right by where we sit at the media. And there's uh, if you look to your left, like back back out towards the left there's a little stand a schmidt stand there at least there was uh for the akron game yeah i was saying i'm not sure exactly it's been so long shame on me so long since i've been to the schmidt house but i think one of the local brews does their in-house beer like in in conjunction with them you know the the German style lager, the uh, the like the Dortmunder gold or whatever you know they call it it's not that but you know what i'm talking about so I, yeah. I got to get one of those. I got to get a true German style or the Franz Oktoberfest. That could be a good fit for this time of year as well. Get outside. Leaves are falling. Fire pits are going. Get the football in in the sunroom on the porch or whatever. Bring the TV outside where the air is crisp and cool. And it's it's all good. It's all good right now. Pat Murphy, everybody. Thanks for jumping on, man, and getting us ready for this Buckeye game as they take on the Boilers. And enjoy U.S. Mexico, man. That's going to be a good time. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Uh, have fun over at the uh, – or watching the game. I don't know if you're going over there or not. But, I will. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah, head we'll, over. We'll, yeah, I'll be monitoring it, so we'll see what they do tonight. Uh, hopefully for those having the right recaps, it's not uh, down to the wire like it was the other night. I know a number of people were frustrated with uh, the fact that the Akron game went to the last play. Just get a double-digit win any way you can, right? Let's actually right, get some right. some buckets from the starting backcourt. We'll start with one <laughs> field goal made between Michi and Jamari, and then we'll build from there, right? I'm going to go out on the limb and say that 
at least one of them scores a field goal tonight. I'm going to go on a limb and say at least one of them scores 10 points tonight. I'm going to one-up you there. All right, all right. <laughs> there we there go. go. And I don't think that's anything to write home to mama about either, but let's let's go and do that. Pat, always love it, man. Thank you. All right, you too. Talk to you later. Always love having Patrick on. I hope you guys here in podcast land appreciated that, that we still did it here today. This will be short, so you will – This is an easy one for you to listen to. I also would really appreciate if you would give us a five-star review on this thing. I am trying my hardest, to be honest, to do a little bit more with the podcast and to nurture this thing because I know, trust me, we there's one radio show right the Buckeye show on the radio I feel like we've got that down we're the spot we're the place for you to get all of your Buckeye content but when it comes to the podcast I understand it there's a lot of great websites there's a lot of great people that I know and like and they've got a lot of good stuff to feed you as well on the Buckeyes and podcasts are where it's at there so I want to make sure that we are doing our part in this forum to entertain you a little bit more. So any anything that we could do, you want to give me some feedback, please do it. Leave a, a rating. Leave a little review down there, too. Maybe you want some more things. I'm trying to do some extra bonus segments on nights when the show isn't a full two hours, which will be a lot this time of year. We've got Buckeye basketball. I love You know how much I love bringing you Buckeye basketball, so be sure whenever Buckeye Hoops is on the schedule, I'll have a, a teeny, tiny little warm-up show. But I really love doing the post-game coverage afterwards, so that's extended now. We never really had that before, so I'm, I'm glad that I get to do it because, I don't know about you, there, there's so many more basketball games than football. I, and I love doing football post-game as well, but I, I don't know. May, maybe this will sound weird, but with basketball games maybe being faster-paced, more things are happening, there's just – there's so many comments and maybe that's just because I started off playing basketball when I was a kid and I kind of grew up a little bit closer to that sport. I just get really hot blooded. Like, and I am ready to go the second a basketball game is done to just blurt out my thoughts about it and go a B C D all the different things. But Either way, I, I like doing them both. I don't know kind of what what line I was going down there, but I, I enjoy bringing both of it to you, whether it's with Beamer, with Buckeye football post game, or doing the hoops post game solo. But since uh, we are playing Purdue, I thought I would leave you with this. It's it's one of the older pieces of sound that we've got in our system. And I had said I was going to go down into the daily folders here. We've got this. The thing is called the DAD here. It's an acronym for something. I don't actually know what it is, but it holds all of our sound. Every time every time we play a clip, whether it's a coach or a player or a play-by-play bite, it comes from the DAD. And I had said recently we're going to start playing like the oldest Buckeye-themed clip in each daily folder. This one is actually, as I look at it, the – last season that we have available for Buckeye football play-by-play bites is 2002. So that's as far as it's going back right now, 19 years and fitting. We're in Purdue week. And it was just this past week, a couple days ago where it was the anniversary of Holy Buckeye. We have the photo of Michael Jenkins with the over the shoulder grab in our main talk studio. And this is Paul Keels bringing that to you without it. You don't have a championship in 2002 in the great classic battle against the Miami Hurricanes. Fourth and one. Krenzel under center. 
Purdue blitzing. Trenzel back to throw. In trouble. Throws it long down the left sideline for Michael Jenkins. Yeah. Got it. Six points, Michael Jenkins. As Krenzel hit him on the fly down the left side of the field. And somehow Ohio State found a little magic that has eluded them all day. What a call on fourth and one. Yeah, Jim Lachey and Paul Keels, Ohio State Sports Network. Learfield right there. It is. That's great, man. Anytime you hear Jim Lachey with a, yeah, like right as something great is happening. And I've said this before. We had a couple of shows, I think in the buildup to this 2021 season, we were still in prep mode, getting ready. The, the play by play that you would get later on. And that's, that's classic stuff right there. I mean, don't get me wrong. You don't make that play. It's a fourth down play. You go for it all. You score the touchdown. You keep your undefeated season alive. The dream is still alive. Jim Trestle's a newbie at Ohio State. It's great. But when you get to that national championship game against Miami, it just doesn't get better. The play-by-play that is done in that game by Paul and Jim and everybody that's in the booth, everybody that's associated with it, our, our guy Skip Mossick, who does such a wonderful job with everything, it is top notch. Like, it is unbelievable <laughs> what how that sounds. You know you're you're looking for home team radio. I appreciate the extra passion and the excitement and Jim yelling because he played at Ohio State. How could he not feel a little bit happier, a little bit more connected? He was a player there. He's allowed to do that. He absolutely is. It's Ohio State radio, right? That's what it's for. All right, so closing here. We'll shut down the pod with this prediction for tomorrow. I, I do not understand what is going on in college football this season. There's a certain part of me that's saying, stop trying to understand it. These games are going to be wild. You think you might know something. You think you are this far and away clear cut, better team with better talent. And you're just going to roll away to a victory. I'm I'm with Pat where that 21-point spread seems insane. It just does. I'm going with another nail-biter. 31-28. Ohio State gets this done. Noah Ruggles is going to do it again with his foot. But it's going to be just one field goal. This is just going to be a much more competitive game then I guess the rest of the country is ready to realize right now. I hope I'm completely wrong. That's what it's all about, right? Thanks for checking out the podcast here. We will be back next week. And if we're not on at six o'clock, that means Buckeye Roundtable is on, or that means we're getting ready for Buckeye basketball. Other than that, we're going to be on the fan right at six o'clock. So we will see you there. Have some beers responsibly and enjoy some football this weekend, will you?